If you enjoy listening to Voices in Cloud, check out David Linthicum's reports on gigaohm.com. They're about data complexity and cloud solutions, addressing many of the topics covered in this podcast series. Hey guys, welcome to the GigaOM Voices in Cloud podcast. This is the one place where you can hear from industry thought leaders providing no-nonsense advice on how to succeed with cloud computing, IoT, edge computing, and cognitive computing. I'm Dave Linthicum, best-selling author, speaker, executive, and B-list geek. And with me today is my special guest, Sanjeev Sharma. He's an internationally renowned cloud and DevOps transformation and strategy executive, thought leader, startup advisor, keynote speaker, blogger, and published author. He's known for... Uh, uh, forging tr- uh, trusted advisor relationships and helping C-level executives successfully transform legacy IT organizations with a focus on adopting DevOps and cloud. Proven track record includes impact in several IBM's largest, most critical and strategic clients uh, globally. Industry thought leader for key trends of DevOps and cloud and the emerging trends of containers, microservices, and site reliability. Man, I, I, I did that in one breath, Shinji. So why don't you fill in the, fill in the details? What do you... What are you doing during the day? That's always what I want to hear. Sounds like you've been, been right, busy. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a, I need to shorten, uh, uh, you know, uh, figure out a way to how to describe what I what I do and what I've done in uh, lesser words. So, uh, but thanks for uh, thanks for uh, having me on the podcast and thanks for uh, you know uh, uh, sharing my, my my background and bio. Uh, so yes, a lot of uh, things going on for me personally. I am. Uh, uh, currently uh, working as an analyst for a new analyst firm called Accelerated Strategies. So I'm a principal analyst there. We actually just launched last week, so it's a brand new venture. Uh, and in the past, as you mentioned in my bio, I spent 15 years at IBM as IBM's uh, client-facing CTO for DevOps. And I also uh, spent over a year at a company called, at a startup called Delphix, where we were dealing with the data-related challenges uh, around DevOps. So in my current role, I'm uh, you know, looking at the DevOps and the cloud native adoption space, uh, working with uh, large clients uh, and also with a lot of tool vendors, understanding where that industry is growing. Uh, you know, with the whole advent of, of cloud native development, microservices and containers, I think we are at a very interesting time uh, in the evolution of, our, of this industry. And uh, I'm just having the time of my life uh, working with customers who are helping, who are, who are working uh, in adopting these technologies. Yeah, great. You're also the author of DevOps Adoption Playbook and DevOps for Dummies. Tell us what motivated you to write those books and, and what they're all about. Yeah, sure. The DevOps for Dummies is actually the, the limited edition from IBM. It's a free download from IBM.com, still available there. I wrote that back, boy, back, I think it's like four or five years ago, uh, and even did a second edition of it. Uh, back then, uh, David, as you know, DevOps was still new, and people were asking, uh, what is DevOps, right? So when I wrote that book, the intent was to answer that question, what is DevOps? And hence, the, you know, working with Wiley, uh, did it as a, as, a, as a four dummies book, right? Uh, uh, you know, I've... Uh, I have mixed feelings about that title, but it serves the purpose because it answers the question, what is DevOps? And then back in 2017, uh, I had been working with dozens of clients around the world, some very large uh, global organizations, helping them adopt DevOps at scale. And my second book, the DevOps Adoption Playbook, which is uh, 
you know, a commercial book uh, available wherever books are sold, including Amazon and Barnes and Noble and other other uh, retailers, is really a collection of of experiences, both patterns and anti-patterns, of what I saw companies struggle with and overcome and stumble on as I had worked with them over you know, a five-year period, uh, helping them adopt DevOps. So it is, uh, as this name suggests, I called it a DevOps adoption playbook. I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't play any sport, but I love to watch it and I love to learn about it. And every coach in every sport has a playbook. And it is the coach's responsibility to work with the players on the team to understand what the situation on the ground is, what the strengths and the weaknesses of the team are, and what goal they're trying to achieve. Are they trying to score and get ahead in the game, or are they trying to defend the league they have, um, or just waste time towards the end of a game, uh, uh, which hopefully nobody does in IT. But you know, based on that, they pick the right play from their playbook. So my book is structured like a playbook, which anybody who's working on adopting DevOps can go into and say, you know, here is a set of plays which might be valid for my situation. Let me figure out which one I should run, which one I should work with. So it's uh, structured along those lines. And it was a lot of fun writing it. And I've had, uh, uh, you know, tremendous pleasure in hearing from people and all the, reading all the reviews on the various websites uh, and talking about that book. So it, uh, it's been a fun journey. So let's back up a bit. This is a cloud podcast, and we do talk about DevOps as related to cloud, and I think DevOps and cloud are joined at the hip. Uh, so a lot of discussion interrelated to the topics, but there's some listeners who probably don't understand yet uh, what DevOps is, the purpose of it, why we're interested in it, and why it's linked in with cloud. Can you fill in those blanks? Sure. So, you know, I, I, I like to simplify things, and I have a oversimplified definition of DevOps, uh, which is how do I get new stuff that I'm building or enhancing, whether it is, you know, uh, uh, an app or a, or a, or a large uh, distributed system or a large complex system or a set of applications, how do I get that out to production where users and customers can use it and get business value in a lean and efficient way and continuously improve three things as I'm doing that? Number one, I keep improving the application and the services that application delivers in a continuous manner. So every iteration, every release, every sprint, how do I improve it and add new capabilities and improve its quality? The second thing I continuously improve, David, is how do I improve the environment and the infrastructure on, on which I'm delivering those applications? So how can I make it more uh, adhere to the SLAs my, my customers and users are expecting? How do I uh, make it more efficient? How do I make it more cost-effective? And the third is, how do I continuously improve the processes by which I'm delivering uh, the application and the systems uh, and the environments? And this is where we start going into the meat of DevOps, which is the cultural and the organizational change that is required to make all the stakeholders and allow all the people who are contributing to the, to the application of the systems being developed to work together in, a, in, a, in, a, in an environment of trust and communication so that we can deliver things more efficiently, more effectively, and add more and deliver more value from the systems and services we are delivering. So I'm really glad you said so that. Me, it, 
Sorry, go ahead. I'm not really glad you, you mentioned, sorry to interrupt you, I'm really glad you mentioned cultural changes because, you know, that's what I've been breaking my pick on. So, well, we, we're good at changing the technology. And normally when you talk about DevOps, people want to talk about tool chains and continuous integration, continuous testing, continuous deployment. Um, you know, I've done a lot of courses on those topics for Linda and things like that. When you get right down to it, it's really kind of a psychological change that needs to occur within the organization, which I think that technicians... Um, you know, are, are ill-equipped to, to make those changes. Uh, so what advice would you give the technicians out there, the geeks, who are trying to get the culture changed so they can be effective at leveraging the tools they're trying to pick? And I'm glad you, you, you asked that question because I think that is the challenge where large-scale adoption of DevOps tends to stumble. It is, DevOps is very easy to adopt when you are a, the proverbial two pizza team co-located in the same building with your cubicles or, well, if it's an open office, your desks right next to each other. Uh, you have no issues. You're all there. You talk the same language. You talk the same, uh, you know, you, you can work things out. You can walk into a conference room, you know, and uh, draw things out on a whiteboard or, or, you know, do whatever you need to do. Have your daily stand-up meetings and be effective with making things lean and efficient. The end goal of DevOps. Now, what do you do in a large enterprise? Large enterprises, by definition, are not homogenous, right? Unless they're, a, you know, one of those newer born-on-the-web companies which grew organically, right? They might be homogenous. They are not monolithic, right? You go into a large bank or a healthcare company. I always joke that if you get off on the wrong floor from the elevator, you might feel you're in a different company, because it might actually have been at some point a different company which merged with, you know, company B. How does one scale that? How does one take this technological wonder and capabilities these tool chains bring to us and scale them where the, the technology stacks are not monolithic, the organizational structures not, are not homogenous? That's where the cultural and organizational change comes in. And that requires senior management, executive level sponsorship and investment. Doing organizational change, doing cultural change requires investment. It's not just a question of, you know, we've heard it all said, you can't buy DevOps. You have to adopt the culture of DevOps. You have to get buy-in from senior executives who are willing to understand what kind of organizational and cultural change needs to be made and then commit to doing it on a long-term basis. Adopting DevOps because of this is not a project which has an end date and a start date and an end date. Adopting DevOps is a change in mindset, as you mentioned, which needs to be ongoing. Uh, you know, people always say, yeah, we are, we are adopting DevOps and we need to do this, we need to, you know, there'll be a list of things and most of them are always around tools and processes. And I always push back and say, you're missing the mindset piece. DevOps should be something you do. It isn't something, and by you, I mean everybody. It shouldn't be something a team in your organization does. You know, to me, having a DevOps team in your organization is an anti-pattern because that tells everybody else I'm not responsible. They are, and that's the culture you're trying to break. That's the silo you're trying to break and break, and having a team called the DevOps team just makes it another silo which everybody else can dump their responsibility on. So it is not an easy problem to solve, but it requires both a bottom-up and a top-down uh, engagement 
And the technologists, to answer your question, need to engage the leadership, needs to engage the business and make sure they understand what needs to be done and, and invest appropriately. So link DevOps with cloud computing. When should we start thinking about DevOps in making the migration to the cloud? Or better put, you know, how do we integrate the migration to the cloud with uh, really kind of the migration and cultural changes that DevOps is really driving and do both successfully? So I think uh, this is a, uh, you know, could be a, a, you know, a day-long conversation. And I think I like to step back when I'm having this conversation with, with clients and they are asking about this interlinkage between cloud and DevOps. You know, is DevOps a prerequisite to move to the cloud? Is cloud an enabler of DevOps or vice versa? And the answer is yes to all of the above. But the first question I asked them, David, is what does cloud mean to you? Why are you moving to the cloud? If the answer that comes back is that cloud is just somebody else's data center and their whole thinking of cloud is I'm going to uh, leverage cloud to move from CapEx to OpEx, right? It's just a financial uh, conversation. It's just a ease of business conversation that I don't have to manage my data centers anymore. Uh, there is no conversation to have around DevOps. But if they are ta start talking about using, leveraging the cloud as a strategic advantage, as a way to innovate faster, as a way to use cloud services to reduce the dependency on self-managed services uh, and capabilities, the, the ability to have true elastic, uh, scalable, uh, distributed applications to, and you know, to talk about how they want to leverage the cloud to change how they do business, then we have a conversation to have because then DevOps does become a prerequisite to adopting and leveraging cloud fully. So yes, the cloud is an enabler of DevOps because I can go faster on the cloud. I don't have to wait to acquire hardware or middleware and provision my environments uh, you know, the traditional way. I can uh, do it significantly faster in the cloud. But if I want to truly innovate and truly leverage the cloud and the services my, the cloud offers, then DevOps becomes necessary to go faster and to allow you the ability to experiment and, and, and innovate fast and cheap. Uh, you know, uh, one of the reasons, you know, large enterprises struggle with innovation is because they cannot run too many experiments the way startups can. And the, the, the challenge there is the cost of running experiments. The cloud accompanied by DevOps, which allows you to go faster, better, cheaper, enables you to run more experiments and innovate. So it is a conversation which is interlinked, but in the right context only. And that context is very important. I've spoken to a lot of companies where when we start having the cloud conversation, they haven't fully grasped what the potential of the cloud is. They're, they're you know, thinking of cloud as just a way to get out of managing their own data centers, which is a very uh, outdated way of thinking of the cloud. So going forward, you know, removing the very complex architectures like multi-cloud, removing the serverless computing, moving to cognitive-based systems, container-based systems, container orchestrations, you know, all this, in essence, new play toys that we can deal with when we're dealing with uh, with technology and innovation. So how is DevOps gonna interact with kind of the forthcoming technological changes we're gonna see in the next five years? I think the, the biggest 
shift that is happening because of these technologies, all of the above you mentioned, is the sheer scale and complexity which is coming to the table, right? which is coming to the forefront. It is really becoming humanly impossible to manage any of these uh, large systems and the complexity in these systems manually. You have to figure out a way to automate not just how things are managed and governed, but create systems that are self-diagnosing and self-healing. Figure out what aspects of the system need to be looked at and what need not be looked at. So if there is an incident or an outage, you have to come up with you know, intelligent enough observability and intelligent enough self-remediation that the DevOps actions which will be taken from, and I'm talking about the technology, the tooling side of DevOps here, uh, to go back to, you know, just which aspect of DevOps mat, you know, we, we are focusing on, uh, it needs to be automated. Just take testing, for example, right? There's a focus today, not just on figuring how much I can text, test and what scenarios I can test, but also the need to figure out what I don't need to test. Same way on the, you know, monitoring and observability side, we have to move from traditional monitoring to true observability where I can use cognitive languages to query uh, my system and understand what's wrong when something does go wrong and also figure out what all I can automate and remediate, right? That's why we have the, the evolution of new uh, capabilities around observability, around site reliability engineering, because it is becoming... Uh, it is no longer possible for humans to manage all this complexity. We need to bring in automation. We need to bring in machine learning. We need, but for that, we need very deep visibility into our systems, both at the development stage and also, at, if, if obviously, at the when the systems are running in production. So, going forward, where should people focus on? understanding DevOps and how it's related to cloud computing. What are the resources you go to, go to, to keep up with uh, how the whole world is changing? Well, I listen to podcasts like yours, like this podcast. <laughs> uh, I also have a podcast. It's called the Data Company Podcast, where we focus on data-related issues. Uh, there is a, a, a great website. I'm, I'm actually affiliated with them called DevOps.com, uh, which has some excellent resources, webinars, and podcasts. And of course, I would I would recommend you know reading some of the the books by the you know which which are have been become the kind of the core thesis of DevOps, right? So of course there is uh, in the DevOps space. Uh, I have to promote my own book, but other than mine, there are the you know the two books, the project books by Gene Kim, Phoenix Project and Unicorn Project. No, those are must reads, right? To understand the philosophy behind DevOps. Uh, and there's been a lot of other great material which has been coming out recently. Uh, I don't have, I won't say, I won't say there's an authoritative source I go to, but there are certain keywords that I keep looking for and trying to understand. And I keep my, and I, and I attend a lot of, a lot of these conferences to see what's new and what's happening, right? The DevOps Enterprise Summit is a great event. And of course, in today's Kubernetes centric world, uh, KubeCon has become another conference, uh, uh, you know, which, is, which, becomes, which has become a must-attend. Uh, I am personally delving a lot into the security side of DevOps. Uh, you know, you, uh, I'm sure all our listeners have, your listeners have heard the term DevSecOps, which is getting a lot of traction. So I'm going to be at the RSA conference uh, in San Francisco later, uh, later this year uh, or in a month or so. And, uh, you know, so there's, 
a lot going on in the industry. Quite frankly, it's very difficult to keep up. Uh, so, uh, you know, trying to learn as much as possible in context of what one is trying to achieve is, is my approach, right? So I have customers who are seeking guidance and, uh, from me on, in the areas of SRE and observability and security. So those are the three areas I'm focusing on. I'm looking always on the lookout for resources uh, in those three areas. Outstanding. Where can we find more about you on the web and where can they buy your books and where can they find out more about your company? Sure. So uh, excelst.com is our uh, ACCELST.com is Accelerated Strategies. That's uh, the analyst firm uh, we just launched. My own uh, blog is SD Architect. So SD for software delivery, software sdarchitect.blog. Uh, that's the best way to reach me, and I tweet as SD underscore architect. Uh, so those are the you know best mechanisms to reach me. And of course, my book is available anywhere uh, books are sold. Uh, you know, on on Amazon, uh, the Kindle Store, or Apple iBooks, and uh, you know most other popular bookstores. It's also been translated into into Mandarin. So for listeners who are listening in China, China, or want to read it in Mandarin, uh, that's. English and Mandarin are the two languages that's available in. Great. Follow him. He's got some good ideas and really kind of understands the market. So make sure you uh, look him up, read his stuff, and uh, keep him on your bookmark. So anyway, please pick up a copy of my book, Cloud Computing and Solar Convergence, available on Amazon and other places books are sold. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at David Linthicum. That's L-I-N-T-H-I-C-U-M, as well as LinkedIn, where I have several cloud computing courses on LinkedIn Learning or lynda.com. So until next time, best of luck in building a cloud computing projects. Talk to you guys next week. Take good care. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in Cloud, please check out the other ones. Removing hybrid and multi-cloud complexity is the focus of a report that David wrote for GigaOM Research. To find out more about taking IT to the next level, Download the single report or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on data-driven technologies, operations, and business strategies.